where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party driven by Munganass St. Louis Accurate. Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you on the program. Uh, Jackson, tell the people what we have today. A wide berth Thursday. Deep dives. Welcome. We have some questions. Uh, and just, you know, anywhere the, the listeners want the show to go. We'll listen. Wow. Okay. And we might go there. So this is this is the listener's show today? It's the people's show. It's always been the people's show, but I think now more so than ever, uh, listener involvement is not only encouraged, but uh, required in a okay. sense. Fair enough. Uh, your requests, Jackson's taking requests today, 314-399-9646. Any and all deep dive requests. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden, it could trigger my memory into story time. Yeah, sure but can. I got, but I got to be, I got to be. The fire has to be lit, you need and a then fire it could turn into a blaze. Absolutely, you need what? a fire starter. All right, fair enough. Uh, what do we have here for the little piddles Thursday? While uh, people text in there. Yeah, well, we got the little piddles thought-provoking Thursday. It's not. It's a matter of opinion. Yeah, well, it's not, and this one isn't. I don't want to say it's not my strongest because I think they're all strong. Wow, wow, wow. Nothing says lower your expectations like that statement right there, that disclaimer that I just heard. Well, I would say just because... Why did you Why you mail it in? Did you have a little lady oh, friend last night? I definitely did not mail it in. That is not the case. Uh, but right, We'll in, take a listen to this. I'm anxious to hear. In a 24-hour day... Not everything changes where, like, you can get six really rock-solid questions about Well, then it causes you to have to grind it out sometimes. Bingo. Sometimes you're not getting the cards, but you still can win the poker tournament. Right. This, in in the case, though, is relevant. All right. We'll find out. I'm anxious to—I'm I'm ready to go. It's thought, the Little Piddle's Thought-Provoking Thursday? This is actually Action Jackson's Thought-Provoking Thursday. Wow. Yeah, Look kind at of, you. You're all grown up now that you're rooming with Lisa Ann. Well, I've kind of built two personas, and uh, this oh, kind of comes, right? this kind of comes from you're, the Action you're Jackson. You're the Vince McMahon of radio character development? And Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And today, uh, I guess there's so much going on here my already. Dr. Jekyll. only two minutes into the show. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Right. Was Tuesday's loss to the Buffalo Sabres— the final nail in the coffin, in your opinion, for the Blues 2022-2023 season? Not a fan of where we are in the early going on this, just to be clear. Uh, that's like, I feel like I'm stand, sitting there with Dan Orlovsky, and I got to scream. <laughs> but, 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 I, but, but I'm not sitting there with Dan Orlovsky, uh, and therefore my answer is no. It was, you know, there's six points back of both spots, and this has been a, uh, this has been a slow bleed-out process. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason to think all of a sudden it's going to turn around. Uh, I certainly would like to think they would get a win tonight, pregame here at 7 p.m. on 101 ESPN in Phoenix slash 
Where are they? They're not in Phoenix. Is I mean, it Scottsdale? I think Glendale. They used to be in Glendale. Hell out of it's Ar- It's Arizona State oh, so Stadium. Tempe. Tempe, right. Anyway, uh, so no, I don't think that's the final nail in the coffin. Okay. I do not. All right. I, I think maybe some people may say that, but I mean, the reality is that's not the way things work. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's not over until it's over. So, But no, I, I think no. that some people think that, you know, that loss like kind of personifies everything that's happened this season. All right, next question. Now, this isn't necessarily like ripped from today's headlines, but it is in the last week. Uh, and this is a broad discussion. This is not okay. basketball-focused. I want that to be clear. Is everybody noticing all the disclaimers today? Well, I try to get ahead of it because I know what's coming. <laughs> I guess experience has, has seasoned me. So you me. know when your Gallup poll is weak. I know when my Gallup poll will be challenged, okay. and I want to get out ahead of it. Right. In regard to the Shannon Sharp incident, and when I say that, Shannon Sharp was at the Lakers game with the Staples set, got into a, I want to say, alterca- altercation is the right word. I think it is. Altercation with Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies, which turned into basically the entire Grizzlies organization, including John Morant's father, mm-hmm. uh, getting up in, uh, into his face. He did not. He left the game, then came back. Do you think it's wrong for media members to get in altercations with athletes in any form? Is there is there is there any time when it's all right? <laughs> Let me answer it that way. Because on the surface, for a question number one that I thought was disappointing, I thought you know what I thought it was, Jackson? I thought question one on was that the nail in the coffin? I thought that was beneath you. Okay. But then you follow it up with asking, is it ever all right for a media member to get in a fight with a, with an athlete? Well, fight, I don't think, would be the right and word. And going, wow. But like a tiff, like a like let's say that they're at a dinner or something and they kind of get into it. Like, I, don't, I just don't think like media member, like you never want to be the center of the story in a sense. And Shot it, at the 2023 business model of media. <laughs> I get, In a sense, it is. And so I was wondering if there's like a, a bigger, like do you think that this was somehow pre-planned? Do you think that this was, you know, if you're – FS1, like, is this not exactly what you want from, you know, your, your gotcha yeah, I'd be, guys? I'd, actually, that's that bad. Now, now you got a question that now you've now you've lit the fire. There we go. Then I wonder, to to answer your awful question, <laughs> I don't think it's right as a media person to get in a fight with an athlete. I know. Text in your disagreement three one four three nine 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 six four six. But I but I would be curious internally. At, at the the management meeting, if they're like, "This is great news," I'm, and then it wound up, you know, with kind of a handshake and hub with hug with Job Morant's father, yeah, Team Morant. So uh, it, it wound up being okay. So now it gets a bunch of attention. Yeah. So I wonder if they were happy with it. I would have to think that their viewership on that Monday, when Shannon was there, he apologized was pretty high because it was all over, you know, it's at the Staples Center in L.A., uh, two high-profile so are you, are teams. So you, are you theorizing that this was choreographed? I don't want to say, because I, you know, that that I don't think I could ever say for sure, but do I think that the result of it was positive for all involved with uh, Undisputed? I, I couldn't say no. I, I'd have to imagine that not only social media engagement but viewership went up after that situation. I would ag- I would agree with uh, with with both of those premises that that the social media engagement and the viewership went up for Monday's show because of that. No right. question about it. Right. So that's why I asked the question: Is it embarrassing to have one of your employees get in a fight with an entire NBA franchise <laughs> and the father of the star? Yeah. Um, or 
Uh, in the end, eh, everything wound up being okay, and more people were watching because of it. I, I wonder what the thought process is on that. I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm outwardly asking the question that I truly don't know the answer to. Right, and when you look at the scope of media, sports media in particular, and the hot take culture that we've talked about for a long time, is this like the moment that jumps the shark where it's like now we have – you know, one of the biggest hot take guys or someone who's adjacent to a real big hot take guy in Skip Bayless with Shannon Sharp, essentially getting into an altercation at a game. Uh, I just think that that's like, wow, like this is where it's at right now. Like, I just. I, so are you going to get in a scrap with a member of the Blues when they return home after the All-Star break? I don't think that would go well for me. Um, I have, of course, had an altercation with Jamie Rivers, former Blue uh, and the winner of that is still, I mean, the jury's still out on who, who won. Uh, I, of course... He certainly didn't come in here appearing to be intimidated by you, just as a, as a neutral observer. Looks can be deceiving, Tim. I think that's, you know, behind that hard exterior. He was he, he was a little nervous. Uh, we get this from the 217. What about the Jim Everett, Jim Rome? Awesome fight from the 217. I've heard, are you familiar with that? Yeah, where he kept calling him Chris. Right. Yeah. That was in the early 1990s. Jim Rome now one of the most highly compensated uh, yeah. sports broadcasters in the game. Is it that way for him if that incident 30 years ago doesn't take place? I've also heard theories that that was a choreographed thing. That also, because it was in studio, that's a little different because like with Shan Sharps, he's at the game. I don't think the Grizzlies were in on it by any means. Um, but that that is interesting. I don't know. I, it is you brought it up. I did know about the incident, which makes me think that it is that is a possibility because that it was choreographed. That uh, well, that because of that in altercation, Jim Rome is in the position where he's in. I'm not saying that's the total reason, but if something happened in the 1990s when I was born in '98 and I know about it, mm-hmm. then that certainly is noteworthy. All right, let's go to the next question. Again, this is a basketball thing, but it's not basketball centric. Boy, it's just a, it's so disclaimer heavy today. I know it's actually the opposite of uh, basketball centric. Netflix. Well, we, have is... a, we we have a suggestion for a new title for today's segment: the Lil Piddles Disclaimer Disco. <laughs> that's not bad at all. Are we giving away a text of the day? If we aren't, then that's a shame because that's a really, really good one. Uh, Netflix is set to release a Bill Russell documentary. Some consider Bill Russell the underrated GOAT of basketball, the underrated greatest of all time of basketball. In your mind, who are some underrated GOATs in other sports? Some people that aren't talked about as much as the greatest of all time, I but like should be considered. Question. See, this is, this is where I, I'm p- penalized for not looking at the Lil Piddles disclaimer disco in advance because... Even with five minutes of thinking about it, I'd be able, I'm sure people text in, just like the conspiracy theory question. Yeah. I want to carry that over to today. Okay. Um, yesterday, what was the question you asked about conspiracy theories? If there was a... Yeah, if there was a sports conspiracy theory documentary where you could learn like basically all the information from the primary sources, what would you like to hear? Okay, like uh, to so we'll throw that out as well. And then underrated greats, yeah, underrated but great. who aren't necessarily appreciated for how good they were. Yeah. So I think... Oftentimes, and I'm 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 pro the coast, so I'm not like, I'm mad that L.A. and New York is so nice. It's just natural, though, that because an athlete plays in L.A. or New York, and I feel like New York even more so than L.A. because there's a there's a eh, I don't know if I really care in L.A. attitude unless you're on the Lakers. Um, if you're in New York, for example, is Don Mattingly revered the way he is if he would have played for? 
the Royals. Sure, yeah, I know. If George with. Brett would have played for the Yankees, yeah. and they played each other quite a bit at that time, would he be? He's a Hall of Famer, but would he be in in higher esteem? Ozzie Smith, yep. a, a god here, and couldn't carry himself in a more kinder, cooler way than I, I mean, he's just, he truly is great off the field. And in addition to being uh, a Hall of Fame ball ball player. If he would have been doing that stuff at Yankee Stadium or even in Queens with the Mets, would it have changed the game? Um, had David Freeze hit that home run, the triple and the home run, and that had taken place in a Yankees-Red Sox game or in a Yankees World Series or Red Sox game, would it have been? Because to me, and I've been watching baseball all my life, that is that is the best. And, is, and I don't even know relative to it. What is in second place right. when you're when you're a strike away from losing? And I don't I don't think it necessarily is standing the test of time nationally. So I'm, I know I'm talking about moments and uh-huh. awful athletes. It might be so. But boy, the market I, they play in, you're you're right. Yeah, I I, I was going to say Barry Sanders, but I do feel like he's got it. But I think part of it was because he retired well before he had to, and yeah. also the way he went about it. If he would have been doing dances and stuff, I think he stands out because of doing two things that that were kind of roads less traveled. One, just handing the ball to the official, and then also retiring before his time was up. That stands out. Um, Larry Fitzgerald's kind of like that too. A guy who doesn't dance, who hands the ball back. Had some up and down years in an Arizona market, West Coast market's gonna be a little different. Although he's absolutely one of the greats. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm sure I'll have a million of them here in the. Te- Tony Gwynn doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, I think that. I think it'd be a bit, like easier maybe when it comes to like the NFL or NBA since we don't have teams here. I feel like Tony Gwynn in a baseball crazed city like St. Louis. Does but does locally might not nationally if you know what I mean. Yeah, a guy like that to me too is Pudge Rodriguez because we always talk about Yadi as one of the greatest defensive mm-hmm. catchers of all time. Pudge is also in that category. Did he play his entire career in Detroit or no? He was a Ranger. Ranger, yeah. So I, I mean, Dallas is a and big market. And Marlin. Yeah. Stan Musial, I actually would agree with that, which sounds counterintuitive since we're saying it in St. Louis, but nationally his greatness I think is underappreciated. And I've heard some ball players say that. That Stan Musial, I mean, don't get me wrong, an all-time great, nobody disputes that, but should be considered even greater than he is. Uh, Tim Duncan, how about that one, Jackson? Oh, somebody yeah. after your own heart. Hundred percent, a guy who's just a fundamental guy. This is now going to become the Tim Duncan show for the next. 40 I'll do fifteen minutes. seconds. I'll do fifteen seconds. A guy who is just extremely fundamental on a on a legacy dynasty type team, but when you look at all of his numbers, you have to consider him in the top ten. Have to. Uh, Mario Lemieux gets forgotten. He was uh, like Gretzky. That's from the 636. Brett Hull probably in that uh, category. I mean, I know he's probably nationally considered one of the greats too, but he was all-timer. I think that Brett Hull would fall in there too. Uh, I think Hull gets the proper appreciation, I think. Probably, yeah. Because people throw him up there as, you know, in the upper, upper echelon of hockey players. I just, I, and it's tough to like, judge it when you're in St. Louis, you know. So you're saying he's overrated or underrated? Probably underrated, okay. but I, I don't know. I went on to win cups right. after being a legend here, right. you know. And I just don't know the national scope of it living in St. Louis. It's kind of tough. Like, same with Stan Musial. Like, I don't know the national scope of Stan Well, Musial. the national scope for some would be, oh, he had a famous moment in 1999 against the Sabres was his skate in the crease. And then he was a part of that 2002 Red Wings team that is one of the greatest teams in the history of the game. Yeah. 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 I guess I'm just trying to think of like 
you're right with like the NFL and NBA. It's easier for us because we would be the national consensus rather than like St. Louis with hockey and baseball, where we kind of have a biased opinion in a sense, or maybe a skewed perspective. Uh, guys, it's not a coincidence that the Yankees and Dodgers are two of the teams with the most Hall of Famers. That's from the 618. I would agree with that. Now, they've also been incredibly successful franchises. The Mets and Angels don't have the same number, even though they're both in the same metropolitan areas. Right. The Mets have a few. I just feel like they didn't have a ton of well, like... Comparatively speaking, but they don't have the championships that the Yankees and Dodgers do. So my point being is it correlates with their success. You also have a placebo, so to speak, with the Mets and the Angels both being in those regions. Yeah. The Mets more so than the Angels, with the Angels being in Anaheim and the Mets being in Queens. But either way, they haven't had the success that their peers in L.A. and New York have had. Right. And the Cardinals, being a smaller market team, relatives still have a ridiculous number of Hall of Famers, but also have a ridiculous number of championships. But I think that there are certain players, again, and, and, and I understand it, there are more eyes there. I'm not angry about it, but when you look at reputations, the reputations magnified both good and bad if it takes place in New York. Right. And to an extent, L.A., but I would actually say in sports, it's a bigger deal if it's Boston. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is just time, East Coast time. Yeah, that, that That's a huge factor. It's a that's, real thing. That's West Coast teams that aren't in L.A. and San Francisco, to an extent, struggle. That's, you know, that's tough because people on the East Coast aren't staying up past midnight to watch sports. On a weekday, at least. Uh, you want to go to the next question, or we want to stay here? Well, it's up to you. Know, I, the, the, no, of course. Go ahead. All right. Uh, this is a uniform question, Tim. Oh, nice. So, obviously, Mizzou is rocking some throwback uniforms for Iowa State on Saturday. You say obviously. It's obvious to you. <laughs> I would bet more than 50% of the audience is unaware that Missouri is wearing a throwback uniform against Iowa State. I would bet that 50% of the audience, I'm going to go actually above 50%, probably doesn't know Missouri's playing Iowa State on Saturday. Yeah, the definitely on the throwback uniforms. I'd say fifty percent do know. That. But yes, yeah, so to to carry on with your query, I am aware they're wearing the uniforms that they used to wear back in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, and they're beautiful. I like that tiger. The big paw. M, big M, and I like the tiger. The paw block the M, big M. Don't like the material it's made of, but that's neither here nor there. Where are some of your favorite St. Louis sports throwback uniforms, and what are your favorite throwbacks in general? Now I feel like this is an unpopular answer. Ten years ago, it would have been a popular answer. And the answer is the powder, powder blues. blues. Yeah. But now I feel like they have a negative connotation with people. But that's when the Cardinals, when I fell in love with the Cardinals in 82, that's what they were wearing. So that's why I love it, because it's nostalgic. I know that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and as far as throwback uniforms, St. Louis throwback uniforms, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, some, so, you know, and you can go out to Columbia. I love the, uh, what Missouri wore against KU in Armageddon at Arrowhead in 2007. Uh, just black like, helmets, yeah. white jersey, gold pants. I would like that to be something that they wear regularly, uh, not just because aesthetically it's pleasing to me individually, but also I think if they were wearing a consistent uniform, it would indicate that they're done playing slap and tickle and actually just trying to be a football program and not worrying about you know uniform videos. I I enjoy the slap and tickle. I know you do. <laughs> uh, my problem with the th with the powder blues that they currently wear, this current iteration, the '80s ones were the pullovers mm -hmm. with the elastic pants, the tricolored elastic pants. Those were beautiful. I don't like it with the belt 
and with the button-down jersey. Yeah. I like the pullover way better. I don't know if the boys these days are going to be wearing a pull, uh, the pullover. Yeah, especially that like, polyester. thick polyester. Yeah. yeah, but the V-neck pullover with that elastic pants, I think that looked beautiful, man. The big red football cardinal helmets of the oh, 1980s. Yeah. That's a nice play, 573. Yeah, especially because Arizona now wears the gray face mask with the helmet. That looks terrible. Uh, you know, back, I mean, I, I, I mean, I remember them, certainly, and I went to a handful of big red games. But, you know, growing up when I did, they were on the verge of moving by the time I was aware of, you know, mm-hmm, that right. they had an NFL team. And I'm like, oh, they're also the Cardinals? Oh, I guess every team city is, has the same, like, a, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, so of course Chicago has the Bears and then the Cubs. That's cute. You know, everything's from the Bear family, and here it's the Cardinal family. Uh, just really uh, had my uh, head up my ass. And uh, not much change. But those are wonderful uniforms. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, and uh, I guess the, the Rams uniforms that they wore in the Super Bowl in 2000, Gorgeous. Yellow pants. Yeah. Considerably better than what they pulled out in the 04 to 0, you know, 2011 range. With well, the, their blueberries. The blueberries I prefer to the pewter. The, gold, well, they, the year after they won the Super Bowls when they changed their uniforms. To that, like, when Torrey Holt and Oz Akeem are running down the field together, which was the first game played after they won the Super Bowl against the Titans, it was a Monday night game to open up the 2000 season, they debuted the, the new blue and what they called the millennial gold. Oh. Pant. The worst. They, they were closer to brown than they were to, like, gold, and it was terrible. Terrible, terrible uniform. Those are not my favorite throwbacks by any means. I kind of like the uh, and like the original L.A. Ram ones, the uh, royal blue and white ones. I kind of oh, yeah. like that. I the, thought that's what they were going to go back to when they moved Yeah, because they went to the white helmet, uh, white horns on the helmet when they first moved back to L.A. Ooh, somebody just sent in some incredibly sharp Illinois old school jerseys. Are they the script ones? I yeah. like the script font. Oh, it's beautiful. This is a sharp look. The same guy who said Tim Duncan. You might wind up going out with this guy. Yeah, whoever You're this gonna is. You're going to pass on Lisa Ann to going out with a guy who's texting in basketball stuff to you. Yeah, man, I might have to talk to him. Worst uniforms ever was the Rams and Buccaneers mustard and ketchup game. Yeah, that which was, was unfortunate. It was the, fi- it was the yeah. final F you to St. Louis. And then, you know, total coincidence. Total coincidence. They were finishing off the season in San Francisco. And just like every franchise, they practiced in California leading up to that game. Mm. If that wasn't to tell. God. It was so, oh, damn, you're bringing back just my memory bank. is It's hard to think like, what is this? Well, we're going to be out in San Francisco. I understand. Many teams have played against the 49ers at San Francisco since the 1960s. Yeah. However, they don't travel out there until a day before the game. I have been on the flights to San Francisco with the Rams. They don't fly out the week before. But they wanted to avoid the questions. That's what it was. And I'm sure ship some of the stuff out while they're going there. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Did, did they also not do a joint practice with the Cowboys out in California yes. the summer prior with that Cherry is, Jones and the Cowboys? Ah, uh, the, the telltale signs were there. Yeah. The telltale signs were there. I guess I can go to my final part of this. Uh, God, it's 1022. Yeah. This is on you this time. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's Mike McCarthy School of Time Management. We've been talking a lot about broadcast uh, with the Cardinals play-by-play and just, you know, broadcast in general. Hypothetical here, if you could pick your all-time broadcast team, sport of your choice, who would it be? So play-by-play, color, uh, studio analysts, sideline. Take it how you will. Wow. Take it how you will. I got. I, I think it's a wonderful question, I think, to just try to rush through it here when I see the segment is 22 minutes long, <laughs> which I think might be a record. Hey, we're coming up on it. Uh, I, I, it would be wise to bail, and that also will tie into uh, an interview Aaron Goldsmith did. That You heard me read that on yeah. TMA about an hour ago. Yeah. Did that surprise you? 
No, I thought that that was kind of exactly what we were theorizing when we were. What we were theorizing. Yeah. But well, I think the public thought that they hired Chip Carey and then Aaron Goldsmith, they kind of allowed him to say he withdrew. But after you hear this, that certainly isn't the way it's going right. to sound. Uh, that'll tie into Jackson's broadcast question. Who is your ultimate broadcast? Is that the question? Your, yeah, your ultimate play-by-play, your, play, your color commentator, and your sideline. Sideline, and yes, stay studio. away from Okay, st- all right. Maybe all two right. or like three studios. That's a nice question. Thank you. All right, uh, we'll have that for you coming up, plus an Aaron Goldsmith interview explaining why he didn't take the Cardinal job. That is next here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon party driven by Munganest, St. Louis Acura, Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson. Jackson's head's bobbing. I really like this tune. I like the little that comes in every once in a while. I hope there's another one. I'm waiting. Nah, that, that was the time to do it right there. So you made that up. Are you pathological, bro? I don't think I am. Ah, there's no more of them. Oh, there was. I heard it. I, I went over. I talked it. over it. Huge I, moment for I you. I stepped all over it. Uh, text in 314-399-9646, uh, Air Comfort Service text line and it is a uh, jackson's calling it a wide berth thursday so we're doing deep dives a couple of questions that were posed going into this uh segment and uh tell me what tell me what we got going on here so the question is tim if you could build your ultimate broadcast team it's a sport of your choice you can pick any broadcaster you can combine them however you'd like uh, play-by-play, color commentator, and then maybe a couple studio guests or st- a couple studio analysts and a sideline reporter if you want as a little cherry on top. Okay. You go first. So obviously I'm going to be going basketball. Um, my play-by-play, Mike Breen. Uh, you may remember him from the Ray Allen shot. Chris Bosch. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Chris Bosch gets the rebound out to Allen. Three. Bang! I love Mike Breen. But if he would have made the call that sounded like that, he would have been terminated on the spot, not even called Game 7. No disrespect to your call. I didn't take it as disrespect. Um, The color Mm -hmm. is going to be Jeff Van Gundy. I find him to be awesome. I really like Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, he doesn't. He's not afraid to call out the referees who are not calling travels or uh, carrying the ball. Uh, Silent reporter, the GOAT, Doris Burke. The absolute goat. She could also be. I color. agree with the Doris Bark- Burke play. Actually, I like that play. Oh, she's the best. She could also be the color sideline. I'm just kind of like, you know, if I were running the operations, I'd probably. That's probably where we can we can cut. I'm actually going to change. I'm going to go Doris Burke on color commentating because she's also incredible at that. And I'm going to may he rest in peace. But the, one of the greatest, Craig Sager, on uh, the sidelines. He's the, the ultimate guy. The only guy to make Popovich smile. And then in the studio, I mean, it's obvious. You go Shaq, Chuck, Kenny, and Ernie. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think I think that might actually win even here <laughs> on this show, on this station, in this market. And if it doesn't, it means you probably haven't seen it because yeah. it is really, I think, second place. And probably what was their father, so to speak, as far as the timeline chart, was the NFL on Fox. Yeah, that crew's with, great, too. Uh, with what initially was James Brown, who's now on CBS, Bradshaw, Howie Long, and uh, Jimmy Johnson. That yeah. was the original group, and obviously now you have Strahan as a part of it. And they had they Tony had, Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez has been a part of it. Gronk's been a part of it. And yeah. now it's uh, Kurt Menefee. So play-by-play, I'm going Joe Buck. Yeah. Uh, color, I'm going David Faraday. Mm. 
And I like the Doris Burke sideline play. Yeah, it's the greatest. I kind of like that. I wasn't necessarily because I'm going, God, sideline. It's tough. Yeah, there's not. Because well, I think the sideline people are just in a tough spot. They, right. they can't really do that much. Right. They only have so long and you got to be quick with it. But it seems like for some reason, Doris Burke, well, she'll ask questions as opposed to, tell me how it feels. How big was this win? I mean, yeah. Uh, but she actually gets answers. Yeah, they oh, treat yeah. her with respect. Absolutely, because she's a baller. Like she'll steer on the sideline. She'll get a ball, a loose ball. She'll dribble it behind her back, flip it to the ref. It's all, she's the greatest. I love Doris Burke. So there's my team. Yeah, and I, I, I got to tell you something. They like my team. Yeah, the Fox. I think the Faraday one's probably obscure to golf fans. Faraday's great. But but I I love David Faraday. When he used to do that show, the Faraday Show, man, I would watch it and big old smile on my face. I love David Faraday. Uh, let's see. Uh, hey, Tim. Uh, any thoughts on, oh, yeah, since we're doing deep dives, uh, any thoughts on Jim Rutherford's article? Did Jeremy change his name? I I, I think should we call him Jim? I kind of like that. I kind of like it, any too. Any thoughts on Jim Rutherford's article on O'Reilly? <laughs> Seems more likely he resigns with the team. What is the best way to handle that situation? Extend an hour trade, get picks, and try to resign him over the summer? It is a great question. I couldn't, I was sitting at home last night. Uh, texting with one of my hockey compadres, as a matter of fact. Uh, and we were texting about the conversation we had on TMA earlier in the day with JR, now known as Jim <laughs> Rutherford, talking about the Petrangelo situation. Because I believe, as does my hockey compadre I was texting with, that was, even though it's now been a few years, yeah. that was so key into what is going on now. And why you have players who, for all being honest, would you'd prefer not to have locked up long term? Right. And that move right there is the move that I think Blues fans may point to as being, ah, how did that happen? Why did it happen? And so Jr. was given some context that we were talking about that. And then sure enough, within the, within our text exchange, I go, did you just read what Jr. just tweeted? So we'll talk about that on the other side of the break because this is this was eye opening. Are you familiar with it? I'm uh-huh. not trying to put you on the spot. No, no, it really is eye-opening. I would imagine a good number of the people in the audience are, but some of you, I'm certain, aren't. Uh, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. It is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party. Driven by Mugganass, St. Louis Acura here on 101 ESPN. It is 1038 in St. Louis. This time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. It's a wide better Thursday here on the program. I deep tease this Aaron Goldsmith article on his reasoning for not coming to St. Louis. And also uh, on the other side of our previous segment uh, tweeted uh, or talked about Jeremy Rutherford's tweet last night and his story with Ryan O'Reilly. So let me, let me deliver on that one. JR sat down with Ryan O'Reilly yesterday. Uh, you can read it at theathletic.com. And I didn't expect this. I'm really surprised by it. I don't know if there is a play here, so to speak. But here is what O'Reilly said. Uh, he said to JR in an exclusive, um, he is hoping to sit down with Doug Armstrong. Uh, and he said he's hoping he's going to return to the ice soon. You just have to be very careful with it so we don't have any resets on it. So I'm hoping to skate soon. 
but I don't have a real timeline yet. We still have to get more images next week and hopefully get cleared to skate from there. The speculation about his future, however, won't wait for his foot to heal. O'Reilly is number six on the Athletics' most recent trade board. And then J.R. asked O'Reilly about the situation, and he brought in the possibility of a contract extension with the Blues. Look at your eyes opening up. Wow. I mean, like that's Doris a... Burke and Craig Sager themselves just appeared on the television yeah. for you to have your eyes light up like that. Yeah, that's what, when I was reading this, I'm going, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the dialogue's been the complete opposite. Uh, this is what O'Reilly said. He said, yeah, we're starting to get a little dialogue going. I think there will be some talks kind of going forward here, but yeah, there's no timeline or such. That's kind of all I can really give you on that. This is where I want to be. I hope I don't get moved. But I think things will probably progress, especially with the deadline coming up and the talks with that. We'll see how it goes. We're starting to get into that. Um, real straightforward. I'm stunned to read that. I'm curious, for those of you uh, who either read it or hearing this for the first time, uh, your thoughts on it. 314-399-9646 is how you can text in. I just thought the ship had sailed. Right. The ship had sailed for a variety of reasons. At the beginning of the season, I think the question most were asking is, can the Blues re-sign O'Reilly? Yeah. I don't know if anybody's even really talking about it now because the team is six points back of a wild card spot, six points back of a the central uh, third place, and he's a free agent with a no-trade clause. I suppose one thing I would inject into the discussion is if he really does want to be here, he could go on the Keith Kachuk, Doug Wade plan, get traded, and come back. Uh, now, I've asked Jeremy Rutherford about that in his appearances on the show, and he did not think that that was necessarily the route that it would go. If he goes, he goes, and he isn't coming back. When Kachuk got traded to, do you remember who he got traded to, Jackson? Uh, I mean, this is really putting you to the test. I'll just throw out a name of an organization. The, the organization doesn't exist anymore, so I'm going to save you the Hartford embarrassment. Hartford Whalers. Uh, no. The, the Golden Atlanta Seals. Thrashers. Damn. The Golden Seals. Keith Kachuk is celebrating his 85th birthday. <laughs> uh, that it was like, yeah, he could come back. And he wanted to come back, and he did. And he played for the Thrashers for a month or two, and then he was back in St. Louis for the uh, for training camp, and he was with the Blues again. I just don't see this happening. I And on top of it, I'd be surprised if the Blues would do it. Now, what people are, I already see some of the texts coming in going, well, if he were to take a really team-friendly deal, then I suppose you would explore it. Uh, And this is what O'Reilly says when JR asks him about that. Uh, He says that it's something that he would be open to. Uh, At the same time, he understands that there's uh, a market and he has to adhere to the market after all. It's a job. Um, So he said, uh, uh, that's why I want to be here, to be part of, uh, yeah, at the same time, I have to earn that spot with my play. I've got to earn that respect from this group and that belief that we can do it. Um, But what if he were to be part of a Blues retool? Because that might be the direction that this thing is heading. And O'Reilly said, that's something I don't really want to think about, and that's something I have no control over. If that's what happens... That's when I'll revisit, but I don't think we're in a position to rebuild. I think we can win and can win soon here, this year or the next. 
I, I don't know if you're if you're Ryan O'Reilly and you've got the C on your sweater. I don't know what else you can say right. when you're yeah. on the record and asked about it. Yep. How how much would he be getting lit up if he said, "Yeah, we just don't have it this year." <laughs> right, right. I mean that in the way. So you're you're in that spot. Yeah. Totally understand the situation. If Ryan O'Reilly had to put a million dollars down on whether or not he thinks this team can win the Stanley Cup, I'm pretty comfortable. I know where he's going to put it. So he has to say that. Uh, the thing is with the dollars that are committed, I just don't know how close the team is. And part of the way to getting closer from a big picture perspective, which is what we were talking about with Darren Pang at this time yesterday, is you got to sometimes move on. Yeah. And he is the one who would be the most obvious one to move on from. It's not personal. I don't think anybody in St. Louis is against him and will always, he'll always be a blues legend. Oh, yeah. It's Con Smythe winner the first time they won the Stanley Cup. But... He doesn't have a no-trade, even though he got a seven-year deal with the Sabres. It's a no-trade deal. And so, and by that I mean he doesn't have the no-trade. And so he can go. Tarasenko's a different situation. And so the Blues will have to deal with somebody that only Tarasenko will go and play for, should he go. But I was, I'm just being blunt, stunned by this story last night. Now, I also want to reemphasize, it's not like O'Reilly said, we are close, or we've had a lot of conversations. That's not what he's saying, but he is indicating that there are some starts to the conversations about an extension. Yeah, I just, off the top of my head, you think he's probably a really hot commodity for a cup contender who could add a big piece, a big scoring piece to their team. And if you're extending him, that means like in the short term, you think that you can have success. So that's kind of, you know, in an indirect way, it's kind of, the organization letting people know like what their outlook is on the next few seasons and it's not if it's a re-sign of ryan o'reilly i would think that a rebuild or retool isn't in the cards i don't i just I, I'd, I'd be stunned stunned because if anything the original sin of the 2022 2023 st louis blues is being committed to players who are declining assets right and therefore to add to uh, yeah. To compound on oh, yeah. that error would just be stunning to me. I also think if you read his quotes, it, it like really dig into the quotes. He's not saying it's anything close. It sounds like he's more interested, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Uh, for the record, to, to read the direct quote on, would O'Reilly consider a team-friendly discount? He said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to make it work, but I also want to hold my value, too. At the end of the day, it's a business, and if we can't succeed and you can't do the job as a leader, then I could see them getting rid of me. So I've got to protect myself. I don't know. Contract numbers and such. Obviously, the way we're performing this year, the salary expectation will be much lower. But I still believe in myself that I can be a very impactful player. I hope I'm here and we have success for many years to come. I love that answer. That's a really tough spot, like, question to answer, and I thought that was really well put. It was a very honest answer. Yeah. Very, how often do you hear a free, an unrestricted free agent talk about that he understands he's yeah. got a lower value? I, I love that. I love that answer. So I understand being, uh, I want to use the word polite, when asked about the team's chances as the captain, because you're talking about the team. Diplomatic. If you wanna, if, that's a nice way to say it. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody reading it understands why he has to answer it that way. Right. But then when he talks about his individual situation, he goes, yeah, I understand With the way we're playing. And by were, he means I. Uh, I understand the salary expectation will be much lower. Those are his words. Honesty and media, baby. Honesty and media. That's a so, so perhaps the reason for this conversation was 
talked with his wife and goes, hey, I really don't want to move. And I think, and he acknowledges in the column, a bunch of his friends in the league are texting him like, hey, you're going to be on the move. And he goes, it can be a distraction. I don't want it to be a distraction with the team. And he's going, we really like it here. Got a young family. You know, and the reason they're going to move me is because I'm, I'm one of the UFAs and I can go and they got to bring something in. So maybe if I get it out there that I want to take a team-friendly deal and I know I'm going to be making less money, then maybe there'll be a groundswell. The thing is, I haven't necessarily seen the groundswell for it, right. even with him saying this. Yeah. So my question is, if he were to take a super team, so I'm going to include the word super, super team-friendly deal for a contract extension, Blues fans, would you like that? Or would you like to see the Blues trade him? And move on. And let's operate on the premise that if they are to trade him, he's not coming back. Jeremy Rutherford's opinion is that is not in play, unlike 2007 with Keith Kachuk and the Atlanta Thrashers. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. All right. On the other side, I will read the column. Uh, Aaron Goldsmith acknowledges he was uh, not only – I'll give you the details. You'll hear. I don't want to ruin the tease, Jackson, but it is uh, a lot of detail on the Cardinal broadcasting job and his spot in it. Uh, You will hear that next. That's coming up on Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for one more segment. So, Jackson, earlier this week, uh, it was reported by Dave O'Brien of The Athletic that Chip Carey has told the Braves he's leaving to become the Cardinal broadcaster. But on Sunday, Jeff Jones of the Belleville News Democrat reported that Aaron Goldsmith, the day before mm. O'Brien's report, uh, that uh, he was uh, the front runner, and then followed up that uh, report by being told that he was a substantial front runner. So Aaron Goldsmith has spoken as to what took place. How did he go from being the substantial frontrunner to not the Cardinal broadcaster. Well, here we go. This comes from the Seattle Sports MiceNorthwest.com site. Rolls off the tongue. Mice? I think they go by mice. Okay. Uh, Aaron Goldsmith uh, talking about what went on with the Cardinals. He says this, I'm sure everyone listening can relate to something like this in their life where you kind of need some form of test to put your feelings up against it to really know how you feel about something. There's certainly a lot of things that we all take for granted in life until you realize that they might be gone. And when I flew out to St. Louis, so he flew out to St. Louis. Yeah, very noteworthy. uh, When I flew out to St. Louis and talked with the Cardinals and talked with the television station out there, Valley Sports Midwest, It didn't feel like I thought it would feel, or maybe more accurately, like it needed to feel for me to leave Seattle. Truthfully, when it came down to it, if I pursued that job further, it would be for all the wrong reasons. It would be for fame and for money. And those are horrible, horrible reasons to take a job, especially when we have everything we need here. We have a home here. We love it here. Our children love it here. And most importantly, I get extreme professional satisfaction from doing what I do for the Mariners. And I've become so attached to the community and to the team. This is home. It's that simple. This is my home, and I am thrilled by that. 
Uh, he goes on to say, this is where I'm happy. And ultimately, as we all knew, I, I have to live my life for what fulfills me and what my heart tells me is right. And it was very clear that this is here. I'm very, very grateful that I have those feelings and can acknowledge them and was able to act on them because I have great peace with that. Uh, he says that the Mariners would have uh, let him out to go because it's the Cardinal job. He calls the Cardinal job one of the pinnacle jobs in the industry. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a case of going, oh, Seattle's a bigger market. Right. Uh, it sounds like it would have been a pay increase. That doesn't surprise me either. It would have been surprising if it wasn't a pay increase. Just for him, when it got down to it, he was comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, when I read this article on TMA, some people theorized that it could have to do with the pending bankruptcy of Diamond Sports, the parent company of Bally Sports. And that report just came out yesterday that they are getting ready to file. It's an $8.6 billion bankruptcy filing. And I understand that thought process. But what I would tell you is, whereas Bally Sports Midwest may not be the broadcaster of the Cardinals in a year or two, um, when it's all said and done, the Cardinals and Bally Sports Midwest are are in this together. And there is no way that Bally said, hey, Cardinals, Aaron Goldsmith is the broadcaster. And the Cardinals go, no, it's not. It is a, it's a checks and balance system. And, and the Cardinals would have to be on board. Point being, if Bally's were to change into a different company, be bought by a different company, if the Cardinals were to form their own media company, um, Aaron Goldsmith would not have lost his job. Right. So what I was wondering, and I know some of you were wondering because people were we're texting this in when the Chip Carey news came out. Is is it possible that the Cardinals decided on Chip Carey, but because it got out that Aaron Goldsmith was in the mix, in a way to let him save face, they said, "Hey, we'll allow you. You know, why don't you handle it by saying you withdrew?" The fact that he flew out here, and it just didn't feel right to him. That tells you that. It was his choice. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that the Cardinals didn't have a preference for Chip Carey or perhaps somebody else who we're not aware of. Right, right. But that's Aaron Goldsmith's uh, explanation for what went on. And honestly, I, I read that in a way I can relate to it. Not necessarily I can relate to it more from the St. Louis side than, of course, from the Seattle side. But having opportunities elsewhere and choosing St. Louis, even though the opportunities elsewhere would have been, you know, bigger markets, more money, whatever the case might be. But if you're comfortable somewhere and somewhere is home, then you don't really want to mess with that. Yeah. that what did we talk about yesterday? Don't F with happiness. Yeah, don't. Yeah. And I, you know, you take it at face value and it totally makes sense. You know, he's got kids, a family, and he's very comfortable where he is. He likes his job and, you know, and change can obviously change your situations and, you know, you might not be as happy and it's tough to, you can't really turn back time. So if you're comfortable where you are and you know your situation is good, Maybe it's just best to continue on down that path. You describe Lisa in our Air Comfort Service text line as a friend of the feather, am I correct? A gem. Oh, a gem. She says, I like him even more now. That's from Lisa. I, God, I like Lisa a lot. Me too, Lisa. I, I like Aaron Goldsmith a lot too. Because, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I didn't want it. I didn't. But it's also acknowledged the, it's a pinnacle of baseball broadcasting. You grew up with Cardinals baseball, but you're comfortable in the situation you are. Honesty and media. Uh, He said, I never thought that any of this would ever be known to anyone. When this all began, I thought it was a situation where I was either going to start working for the Cardinals and no one would know anything about it until that announcement was made, or I would stay with the Mariners and no one would know that I was taking or that I was talking with the Cardinals. 
And I guess that was a pretty short-sighted way for me to look at it, but that's truly what I thought, how the scenario would play out when all this began. In other words, he didn't think that this would ever get out. And now, because it got out, he now has to explain the thought process. But I I, I share Lisa's thoughts. And a lot of it's because I can relate to it to an extent, but there's this thing... And I don't. I, I think it's less now. And you might see this with college sports because I see college sports jobs being somewhat of an analogy to it. That a school is a stepping stone to eventually, like everybody keeps climbing, climb to climb is, is, until they can get to the Alabama or Duke job or something like that, right. depending on what sport it is. And sometimes you're just you're just happy. Yeah. And you also recognize going somewhere else. Yeah, it might be more prestigious, and I suppose it might be twenty percent more as far as a salary or potential comp package goes. But if you're happy, the happiness outweighs the dollars. And it just depends on where you are in your life. Yeah. When you're in your 20s, oftentimes you're chasing the money. But Aaron's going to be 40 here. He has a family. I didn't know what his situation was. Right. I knew he was married. I didn't know if they had children. They have children. Yeah, you don't want to necessarily uproot the kids when you're happy. And you could wind up being the Mariners guy f- until you're in your right. 70s. A legend. You know? yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, there's a- and, and if anything, this will add to his lore that he had an opportunity, not just to go to another team, but to go to his team that he grew up cheering for, and he decided to stay in Seattle. That endears him even more to Mariners fans. If anything, I think Cardinals fans respect. He, he, and I don't think he would have run around talking about it had it not been made public, but it was made public. And it's not like anybody did anything wrong making it public. They got a tip on a story that people were very interested in. And as it turns out, he decided he did not want it after flying out here. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. Air Comfort Service text line. Carry over the conversation in the text inbox throughout the day. BK and Ferrario in the fast lane coming up. And then Blues and Coyotes with pregame at 7 p.m. here on 101 ESPN. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.